You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Chester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We're in week number two of our Psalms of Ascent series. We had Pastor Josh preach last week, opening up the series. And the message I want to bring to you today is from Psalm 121, and it's God watches over your life. God watches over your life. Think back with me for a moment to a time when you were younger. For you guys, you're young now, so you can think about a present time. A time when you were younger where you really needed a parent or guardian's help. Now, my mom has never learned to drive. She says she wasn't born to drive. She was born to be driven. I'm like, right, okay, mom, whatever. So my whole teenage years, it was my nan driving me about. And my nan used to be a really fast driver. In fact, my friend Scott referred to her as Speedy Gonzalez. She was quick. You would hear her before you seen her. She'd come and pick us up. And all you'd hear around the corner is the wheels spinning as she was coming around the corner. It was crazy. My friends loved it. I wasn't so sure as I got into the car, buckled my seatbelt and said my prayers before I was even a Christian. I was believing that I needed God. My nanny used to be really fast until one day as she was driving to see her auntie out in the country, she was doing her normal thing. She was definitely above the speed limit when she got caught speeding. She got caught speeding, I know, I know. She was devastated, she was heartbroken, she was caught up. And you know what, to some degree, I was heartbroken too because everywhere we went from then on, she never went into fifth gear. She was slow. She said, Lee, I don't believe in fifth gear. I said, Nanny, it's not a matter of faith. The fifth gear's there, put it into fifth. Slow everywhere we went. But I always relied on my nan to get me from A to B, whether it was to go see friends, my social life, to go to Scrabble Tar or the ice rink, whatever it was, I was relying and dependent on my nan to get me there. And all of us have had these figures in our lives, haven't we, that we go to for help, that we need in times of support, that we need to go to when we need answers or advice. For some of us, we go to some places like we go to self-help books. Some of us, we go to mentors. Some of us, we go to church. Some of us, we go to parents. Some of us, we go to the society's voice of what they're saying is the popular voice in the media. We go to lots of different places and spaces for our help and our input. But I wonder today in our lives, is God our go-to or do we just call him 999 when we really, really need him? Because the danger is today, if God's not our first retort, God can become our last resort. And I want to suggest today, we've got a God in heaven who watches over our lives and is interested in a daily rhythm and relationship with us, isn't just when we go to him, when we really need him, but we go to him for every matter, big or small, in our lives. Psalm 121 says this. It's a beautiful psalm. It says, I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? 
My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. The context of what's going on just now is that the Israelites are in convoy, heading up to Jerusalem. They're in a convoy, they're traveling by day and by night. And in fact, it's filled with excitement. The kids are asking the question, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? There's anticipation, there's faith building. They're going up to Jerusalem to worship and praise God, but it's dangerous. It's dangerous in the day and at night. They're in danger from thieves. They're in danger from wild animals. They're in danger from the scorching sun beating down on them in the daytime. They're in danger at night in the cold. But what the Israelites did in this moment is when they're in the valley, they encircle their wagons and they put some guards on lookout and they begin to sing these psalms, singing about where does my help come from? The Lord watches over me. They remember these psalms. They start to sing and declare about the goodness of God. And for us, Jesus' call for us is to follow him. But as the Israelites were in the valley and they were singing of the goodness of God, I wonder what is it, church, we do when we're in the valley of life? Do we sing and praise God? Do we trust in his provision? Do we trust in his providence and his goodness? I wanna suggest today, church, when you catch a reality of the God who watches over your life, you can sing in any season. You can sing in any valley. You can sing on any mountaintop because you have a God who watches over your life. Today, we're the modern pilgrims on a journey of faith. And I wanna suggest three things today about the God who watches over your life. Are you ready? Yeah. Front row ready, are you ready? Yeah. Come on, let's catch this. The first thing about God is he's qualified. He's qualified. Verse one, I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord the maker of heaven and earth. When I was starting off at university in my first year, my friend Ryan and I, we got free tickets to a show called The Nolan Show. And on The Nolan Show, they would interview politicians from every political party. You'd sit in the audience, you'd watch. It would be broadcast live to Northern Ireland. We won tickets and we thought, you know what, we'll go along. We'll go along for the crack is what we say in Northern Ireland. It'll be good fun, we'll have a good time. We'll show up, we'll watch, we'll observe, it'll be great. But as we're in there, we're in the, the pre-room before you go into the studio where you're getting briefed, they're handing out these sheets of paper asking us to write a question down. And they said, look, if you write a question down, it might get, you might have to ask it on live TV. And we're looking at each other saying, as if they're gonna pick one of our questions. What do we know? Two uni students, 19, we don't have a clue. So wrote a question down, handed it in, thought no more, got to the studio. And one of the staff comes up to me as I'm, you know, sitting back, reclining, feet up on my seat, ready to enjoy the show. 
And she says, uh, hey, you're Lee, aren't you, in seat 2B? I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's me. She says, we really liked your question. We want you to ask the question to the politicians live on TV. Talk about ground, swallow me up kind of moment. Can I escape? Is there a way out of here? She is like, oh, no. No, there's not. As the 19-year-old boy who's on the screen asks the question, is it best for Northern Ireland to remain in the UK? <laughs> Look at that. 19. Praise God for a late puberty. Oh, my goodness. I was telling the team this morning, my mom used to straighten my hair till I was 17 years old. Yeah, not cool, right? Not cool. Look at that. There's me. Is it best for Northern Ireland to remain in the UK? And I ask this question and I think, you know what, Claire, don't take a photo of that. What are you doing? We're just going to stop the service right now for a, a moment of repentance. I'm asking this question and I ask it and they start answering, discussing. I'm like, great job done. It's over. I can breathe. And the host, Stephen Nolan, asks me, he says, what do you think about that question? Cameras come back to me. I'm thinking I'm so underqualified to answer this question. I literally said, yeah, that politician, Mike, I agree with what he said. Great answer. Camera pans away. We move on. A moment I totally felt underqualified in every sense of the word as I'm asking this question to politicians who are a lot more qualified than I am. And let me tell you about God today. God is qualified. God is not on his apprenticeship. God is not trying to put together his CV. God is not learning on the job as he goes. God is not trying to figure out things as we continue. God is qualified. He's in the know. He's able. Let me tell you about how qualified he is. Colossians 1, verse 16 to 18 says, For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers, rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church, that's us. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. Supremacy means the greatest in rank, in authority, level, importance, position. There is no gaps in our God's CV. He is eternal. He is excellent. He is extraordinary. He is forgiving, flawless, faithful. He is good. He is great. He is holy. He is healer. He is hope. He is incorruptible. He is infallible. He is indescribable. He is the great I am. He is loyal. He is loving. He is mighty. He is merciful. He is matchless. He is omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He's all powerful and he's everywhere. He's passionate, pure, patient, protector, supernatural, sovereign, strong, true, trustworthy, undefeated, unchanging. He's way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Our God is qualified. His name is above every name. The name of Jesus that every knee should bow and every tongue confess that He is Lord. 
When you begin to lift the Lord up, as Psalm 121 says, God pulls you up to a higher perspective. You start to see your journey, not as one that is out of control, but one that is in control. You start to see your health, not as a condition that's incurable, but through the lens of a God who watches over you and is healer. You start to see your pain, not as the end result, but through the lens of a God who binds up the brokenhearted. He is more than able to heal the sick. He is more than able to raise the dead. He is more than able to open up the ears of the deaf. He is more than able, Ephesians 3.20, he can do immeasurably more than you can think, than you can ask, then you can even comprehend. God watches over your life and he is qualified. He is qualified. The second thing about the God who watches over your life is he's close. The God who watches over your life, he's close. Psalm 121, three to six says, he will not let your foot slip The Lord watches over you. The Lord is the shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. For the first time, my brother and I went to Canada. It was back in, I think, 2010. 2010 went to Canada. First time to see my auntie and uncle out in Canada. Uh, My uncle's just got a brand new job. He's now in a helicopter. He's a news reporter. So those guys you probably see on American news, not so much here that are filming the roadblocks, the car chases. That's my uncle and he's absolutely loving life. But the first time we went to see them, they paid for us to go and do whitewater rafting which we thought was gonna be awesome. We were pumped up, we were ready to rock and roll. My brother and I, I was, I think 16 at the time, my brother was 13. And there's a couple of photos of us coming up on the screen. There we are, whitewater rafting. That's my brother right in the front, doing a little wave, really scared, that's him. And I'm in the white shirt just towards the back, closest to us where it says Adams River. Absolutely excited, there's another photo. Thanks team, there we are after surviving the Whitewater Rapids, absolutely spent, shattered, yeah, ready to go home. But we're doing the Whitewater Rafting and we come to the end of the the Rapids and the instructors tell us there's an opportunity just now to jump off the side of the, the ledge. It wasn't so much a cliff, it really was just a little ledge. But the caveat was, was that if we were gonna jump off the ledge, we'd have to swim really hard and fast against the current to come back to shore. So I'm a strong swimmer. My brother thinks he's a strong swimmer and we say, yeah, great, we're up for it, we'll do it. So I jump in the water first, you know, big brother leading the way, jump in, swimming, swimming, swimming. I'm getting pushed downstream, but I, I come to the shore, I'm like, oh, phew, I made it. And then there's this moment where I think to myself, if I've just made it, my brother has no chance. And as I think this through, I watch my brother jump off the side of this ledge and start to get slowly moved downstream as he's trying to swim against the tide. He's given it everything he has, but he's not a strong swimmer. And I'm watching my brother start to go the whole way down this river. And I think to myself, I don't know whether to laugh or cry. This is my brother. This is hilarious that he's getting pushed down the river, but this is my brother. He's gonna go down the river by the waterfall and he's no more, right? He's, he's swimming, he's trying. 
And the lifeguard guys who are with us start throwing out rings to him, trying to rescue him. And he's swimming. He's trying to grab it, trying to grab it. And he grabs hold of this ring and they pull him in and he's saved. And we're like, oh my gosh, praise the Lord. This could have been a nightmare. But they were close enough to my brother that they were able to throw in the ring and he was able to get it and be brought to shore. And the God church who watches over your life is close enough that if you slip like the Bible says, if you fall, if you take the wrong turn, if you go in the wrong direction, he is close enough to rescue you and become your refuge and your strength in those times of trouble. God watches over our life close enough to be our shade and our shelter and our refuge. What does it mean for God to be our shade? Why does that matter? Well, the Israelites would walk through the heat of the day. The sun was scorching down on them. They were dehydrated. It became painful, lacking energy. It was dangerous if exposed for too long. But God says, I am your shade. Do you know that verse in Isaiah that says, we're under the shelter, the shadow of his wings. God is talking about, I am the God who is your shadow. That when you step out from me in the daytime and the heat of the day, I'll be the shadow to protect you as you walk through the valley and walk through the wilderness. God is close enough to us that he's not switching off when it comes 5 p.m. He's not sleeping when you're sleeping. God is working when you're resting. He is vigilant. He is eyes on. He is anticipating your every single move. Psalm 46 verse 1 says, God is our refuge and our strength, our ever present help in times of trouble. God is present in your life. Because of what he did through sending Jesus, the life ring for humanity, he bridged the gap that was distant in our relationship with him. We were once distant, separated from God, but God brought us close to him through the blood and the power of Jesus. And that God is ever present with us. The Bible says nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He never promised it would be easy, but he promised he would be close and he would always be with us. Today, church, he's close and he is watching over your life. The third thing is he's constant. The God who watches over your life is constant. He is constant. Psalm 121, a couple of verses. Verse one says, he who watches over your life will not slumber. Verse four, indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Verse seven, the Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord, verse eight, will watch over your coming and you're going, both now and forevermore. That same uncle and auntie I was talking about, my auntie Karen, she lived in Dubai for a bit of time when I lived in Northern Ireland, and she came back, she moved home, and as she moved home, she set up her roots again. She, you know, she lived at home with my grand, she got some pets, she was, you know, just settling, settling down. And then a job opportunity came up for her to move to Canada, so suddenly she was ready to move again. And she had acquired this pet fish called Ralph the Goldfish. And she looks at me and my brother and she says, look, I've got to go to Canada. I'm not hanging around anymore. I need somebody to look after this fish for me. And I'm excited. I've never had a pet of my own. It's always been my parents' pet. I'm like, yeah, great. I'll look after Ralph the Goldfish. I'll do a great job. So I got Ralph and, you know, I'm feeding it. I'm doing what you do, but... 
within no time at all, the excitement weared off, the responsibility kicked in, and slowly and slowly the fish tank was changing from the color of blue to the color of green. And every morning I woke up, I thought, man, I've got to clean this fish tank. I've got to clean this fish tank. And I didn't. I just, you know, kept going. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Feed him, feed him, crack on, no problem. Until one morning I woke up and Ralph had discovered a new swimming technique and he was now doing the backstroke in the fish tank. I was like, oh, this doesn't look good, you know. And um, we took Ralph out and we put him in the toilet bowl as you do and have a ceremony and flush him away. And I think I had my first real experience of loss as a 13-year-old realizing he had let his auntie down because he forgot to clean the fish tank. I love this about God, right? Is that God is constant in our lives. I, I, I took my, my focus off of my responsibility. I took my perspective off what I was supposed to do. But God doesn't miss a beat. God is watching over your life. God is interested in the detail. Some of you struggle going to bed at night. Let me tell you, when you're going to bed at night and you put your head on the pillow, God is watching over you. Bible says he neither slumbers nor sleeps. That means God's not going to clock off. That means God's not going to give up. That means God's not going to look elsewhere and focus on somebody else. He's, his eyes are on you all of the time and you're waking, in your sleeping, in your coming, in your going. God is watching over your life and He is constant. Maybe you've been let down by empty promises. People have said they do one thing, they've done another. Let me tell you, when God speaks, God is true to His Word. He's not a man that He should lie. In fact, when He says He's watching over your life, right now, today at Audacious Church, He's watching over your life. When you go home today, He's watching over your life. When you go to work this week, He's watching over your life. When you're going to see family this week and it's tough, He's watching over your life. When you're going to school, He's watching over your life. When you're doing your assignments, He's watching over your life. And if He's watching over your life, that means He's going to act on your behalf. Now, we don't have time to get into the theology of why God acts when He does, but you can be living in the confidence and the assurance of the promises of God because He's watching over your life. He's watching over your life. That means wherever you go, He's watching over your life. Whatever you come up against, He's watching over your life. Wherever you find yourself, God is constant and watching over your life. Psalm 4 verse 8, I love this psalm says this, God watches over you as you sleep. It's powerful. We prayed it really recently, struggling to sleep and spoke this psalm, this prayer out over our sleep. Psalms 4 verse 8 says, In peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Just right now, let's pray. Is anybody out there who's struggling with sleep? Lift your hand up. No one looking around. Amazing. Thank you for being bold. Thank you for being bold. Thank you for having courage. We're going to pray. If you see someone with their hand up, just reach your hand out to them or just put your arm on the shoulder if you're next to them. Father, we pray right now. We pray that Psalm 4, verse 8, God, that because of you and your goodness, when we lie down, we'll sleep at peace. In peace. I will lie down. Say it to your spirit right now. In peace, I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Father, we pray for 
nights filled with sleep and God dreams. No more waking up in the night anxious and unsure, filled with fear and stress. God, we speak out and declare now, nights filled with sleep that is rejuvenating and restful. No more waking up from tonight, this Sunday night, God, that we would have people that dream dreams, see visions. God, speak to our church in their sleep. Remind them that you're with them. Show them the plans, the visions you have for the future. God, right now, come by your Holy Spirit and bring a a touch of healing in Jesus' name. Come right now, God. Come right now, a touch of healing in this place in Jesus' name. Heal the mind right now in Jesus' name. Where there's fear, anxiety, worry, insecurity, debt, whatever it is, God, that's plaguing our thought life right now, we choose to exchange those thoughts with the thoughts that you are our refuge and our strength. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Audacious Church, in Jesus' name. Jesus, He's constant. He's constant. He's constant. And He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He's constant and He loves you. He's qualified. He's so qualified. So able. Whatever you feel lacking in right now, He's qualified. Wherever you feel the gap right now, He's qualified. The Bible says in our weakness, we find a strength. His grace is made perfect in our weakness. So right now, where you feel weak, you're strong by the grace, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Come right now, Holy Spirit, in this moment, just impart strength right now, strength into weary bones. Whereas weariness, God, we shake it off right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, we say, peace come, strength come, hope come, rejuvenation come. Where we feel lacking, fill us with your spirit right now. In Jesus' name, come God, right now. Fill us up, fill us up, fill us up. In Jesus' name, he's close, he's close. Some of you have been let down by parents, guardians. He's told stories about great figures in my life who've been there, but you've been let down. And right now you're seeing God through that lens of, yeah, but I trusted them and they let me down. So God will be just like them. I tell you, God is not like a man. He is God. God watches over your life. So right now, I don't need to lift a hand, but if that's you and you just need God to come and remind you that He is close, that He's trustworthy and He's dependent, just respond in your heart. Eyes closed, heads bowed, just respond in your heart right now. Father, I thank you that you're reliable, you're trustworthy, you're dependable. God, where we've been let down right now, we cast off the unforgiveness and we choose forgiveness. We choose to live free. Forgiveness doesn't set the other person free. It just releases us from the grip that that offense had on us right now, God. We let go, we let go, we let go. Father, thank you that you're reliable, you're dependable, you love us. Never leave us or forsake us where we've been left, we've been abandoned, we've been betrayed, we've been told someone would show up and they didn't. God, thank you that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Holy Spirit, right now, just the band play right now, God, come and come and just bring a touch of faith, a touch of healing, a touch of strength right now. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God.
Just let these words from the Bible just soak into your spirit as you sit with God. I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel, he who watches over Audacious Church, will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. Come on, one more time. Let the soak in your spirit. I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. Change your position. Change your disposition. Change your outlook. Change your perspective. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. Abby, the Lord watches over you. Danny, the Lord watches over you. Tara, the Lord watches over you. Jill, the Lord watches over you. Roy, the Lord watches over you. He watches over you. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. God watches over you. Father, we thank you that you're with us. And Lord, we choose today to leave this place filled with the confidence of knowing we're not on our own, where we've been lied to and told we're isolated, we're on our own, we're out there. God, we choose to accept the word of God, that we have a Father in heaven who watches over our lives. You're not alone. Audacious Church, you're not alone. We are not alone. We are in this together and the Lord watches over us. So where we face uncertainty this week, where we face opposition, where we face trouble, where we face pain, where we face trials, where we face obstacles, giants and Goliaths, God, we choose to accept your word that you who watch over us will keep us from all harm and you will watch over our coming and our going in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this Audacious Podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online, every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m. 